Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving. We're so excited that you've joined us on Thanksgiving Sunday. And us this morning is more than the usual crowd. We've got a couple of people who have agreed to share their stories this morning just in the spirit of Thanksgiving, giving thanks for what God is doing uh, in our lives. Uh, Lynette and her family attend the Welland location uh, and have for a couple of years now. Emily is here at our Glenridge location and the Portinga family um, have been involved in Vineland for about a year and a half now. Um, I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving is actually one of my favorite holidays has a lot of the same, uh, lots of time with family and great meals and all of that that Christmas has and Easter has. But for some reason, Thanksgiving tends to be the season for me uh, that doesn't get caught up in the hustle and bustle of other holidays and just is a chance to intentionally slow down, uh, surround ourselves with all of the good things that we have been blessed with in our lives, and just to really uh, spend time giving thanks for that. And that's exactly what we want to do this morning. So being that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, I actually feel as though this theme of gratitude has been uh, pretty consistent in my life in preparing for the, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I recently came across a video, I think it was posted on Facebook, um, and the title of that video captured me. Uh, it's put out by a group called Soul Pancake, and the video is called The Science of Happiness, an Experiment of Gratitude. So of course, with this theme of gratitude, I clicked in and for the next seven minutes was essentially introduced to a study that was done um, on the biggest indicator, or the biggest uh, component or uh, piece or experience that, that affects someone's level of happiness or level of contentedness. Um, so the participants of this, uh, of this study were actually asked to choose the one person in their life who had been the most significant, who they were most grateful for, and to write a letter uh, to them, and afterwards were asked to call the person who they had written the letter to and, and read it out to them to express that gratitude. And at the end of that video, essentially the point that they're making is that the, the most significant impact, what has the most significant impact on someone's level of happiness or their level of contentedness is their willingness or their experience of expressing gratitude. I know for myself in my own life that has absolutely been true that when we put ourselves out there for the benefit of someone else, we actually experience the reciprocal benefit of, of blessing in our own lives. That reciprocal kind of relationship is what we want to celebrate this morning, recognizing that we are, full of a, uh, we are a community that is full of people who are experiencing the reciprocal benefits of what God has done in our lives as we've chosen uh, to step out put ourselves out there for the benefit of others, uh, and serve. So each of the people who have joined us this morning here on stage are involved in our local anchor causes and have agreed to share a little bit of their story um, in how they have experienced these reciprocal uh, blessings that God has done in, in us. So we're going to actually start with Lynette here. Lynette is one of our original volunteers, one of the original uh, founding volunteers of Rose City Kids. Can you explain a little bit about what you're doing these days around there? Um, so I've been involved for the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. I can't remember when it started anymore. Um, so currently I'm part of the Saturday program. I'm on the buses. I'm in the program. I have been doing house visits since we started, and I am the tutoring program coordinator, so I run that, that program on Wednesday nights. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, I, I think the most recent numbers I have heard is that Rose City Kids has about 600 
That's the word on the street. Okay. Uh, Rose City Kids is a program that runs bi-weekly um, for, for kids primarily in Welland, and close to 600 kids participate. It's amazing. Uh, Lynette, you have a young family. You have, we recently talked about a, a new job that you have outside of the home. You've just got a lot on the go. What, yeah. kind of, in spite of all of that busyness, what keeps you so connected to Rose City Kids? Um, when we started volunteering and we started Rose City Kids, it was just myself and my husband. And we felt like we had the time. We were both working full-time, but we had nothing else on the go. So it wasn't a big commitment for us every other Saturday and then to do house visits to do this thing called Rose City Kids. And then when our daughter came into the picture, we had thought, well, maybe we'll take some time off. We'll take a break. We'll take a step back. And that never happened. We couldn't quite let it go. We couldn't quite let a Saturday go by and not be there. We couldn't handle it. And then by the time our son came along, uh, we didn't even question it. And um, when I met with you and I was reflecting on this, I feel like the only way to describe the reason why we're still doing this is through a story. So because of my new job, I can't always be there on a Saturday anymore. And so the very first program of the season, I wasn't there. And so I'm at work and my head is not at work. My heart is not at work. My heart is with Rose City Kids wondering how the program is going. We got a new program director. So there's a lot of things that were in the air and that we were unsure about. And so at 3.15, my shift ended and I booked it to Welland because I thought the program ends at 3.30. The least I can do is take the bus home with these kids. Um, because the bus is the time where you get to hang out with them and have you know, chit chats with them and talk about their day. And um, I, I'm really lucky there was no cops because I was flying. <laughs> and I got there just as my bus was lining up and I walked up to my bus and I'm like, hey guys, and I just got a rush of all of these kids giving me hugs and asking where I was and telling me that they missed me. And at that moment, my heart was so full that it's one of those things that I, I can't imagine not having these kids in my life. I can't imagine not seeing their smiles or not having their hugs. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I need them. <laughs> it sounds that they need you as well. Um, I mean, you, you would have grown up in the church, grown up doing different kind of uh, levels of involvement. What's changed? Uh, what's different about you, the way that you see service now that you've been involved in Rose City Kids? Um, I was thinking about this, and to be Jesus' hands and to be Jesus' feet is not something new to me. We're always learning about how we can serve others and um, I think it's pretty common to hear that, you know, if you're going to give of your time and if you're going to give of your energy and your resources, that you're going to be blessed. And I always thought of that as, um, you know, God's going to make sure we have financial stability. He's going to give us health. He's going to give us happiness. Like, all of those things are going to fall into place. But what really happened was when we started with Rose City Kids is we started being blessed with the relationships that we were building with these kids. And so then you want to give more and more and more because you're getting so much in return, but it's not what I expected. And so I feel like my faith has changed in that I'm getting more from 
Jesus than I ever thought I would get, but it's so far from where I thought I was going to be. I, mm. I didn't expect to be so blessed with the relationships that I was building with these children. I didn't expect them to be a blessing to me. I expected that since I'm being Jesus's hands and feet, that I'm going to be a blessing to them, but it's totally the other way around, like mm. completely. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the, the difference now is he's blessed me richly, but so differently than you kind of imagine in your head. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know at the times that I've been at the Rosity Kids program, um, I feel like one consistent theme in, in communicating to the kids is wanting to make sure that they know that they are loved by a God. Yes. Um, how would you say you've, what would you say you've learned that's new about God? Or what's, what's fresh about what you've learned about God that way? Um, I feel like I've learned that every little thing we do for Christ um, doesn't go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God uses, you always hear that God uses little things in big ways, but just seeing how true that is, is something that I think is completely new. You can think that you're not making a difference and that this child that's being extra difficult or that you're having a really hard time getting through, when you see the breakthrough, it's like, but I didn't, think I was doing enough and our not enough is enough to Christ um I was talking to one of my volunteers and I was just having a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that we've got over 500 kids that we're trying to reach and we hear all these great stories about that one child and that one kid and I was just getting overwhelmed with the fact that yeah this this is a great thing for this one child but there's 500 more that we don't even know what's going on in their life. We don't even know how we're helping them. And this volunteer just stopped me and slowed me down and said, but we're being faithful. And that's mm -hmm. all God has called us to do is to be faithful. And to me, whenever I get down about the job out there and how much needs to be done, mm -hmm. I just remind myself, all God has called me to do is to be faithful. And if I can be faithful, then he's going to do big things. Yeah. So... I kind of went off on a tangent there, but... That's okay. <laughs> we came back here. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably one of the most uh, significant and in some ways the most ongoing lesson that we can learn about God, right, mm -hmm. is, is his faithfulness and his, just how steady he is in it's that. It's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. So in the, in the theme of Thanksgiving, what are you most thankful for uh, about Rose City Kids this year? Well, I'm thankful for the kids that attend. <laughs> um, I'm thankful that they trust me enough that they want to be in a relationship with me. I'm thankful for the volunteers that show up Saturday after Saturday, mm -hmm. like way more energetic than me most of the time, <laughs> and pumped to, to pour into these kids' lives. I'm thankful for our buildings. I'm just I'm thankful for where I think Rose City Kids is going. I'm thankful for the difference it's making. I'm thankful that people in the community know about us. Yeah, I just, it makes, yeah, I'm thankful for Rose City Kids. <laughs> I think we have a lot to be thankful for. Yes. That's awesome. I think one thing that, that's always so um, evident when we talk about Rose City Kids, and we've had the chance to do that quite a bit, is just the significance of the relationships um, mm -hmm. that you have in your life through the program. Um, and I mean, we talk often 
uh, as a church and as an action team, our model of ministry is about being relationally based. Um, and Emily, that's, that's one thing that's always stood out to me in the way that you talk about your involvement as well, um, being involved at the shelter. Can you share a little bit about, uh, about what you're doing at the shelter these days? <clears throat> well, what I'm doing changes uh, with the community. So mm-hmm. when it started, um, the arts group, we started on a Wednesday night, and uh, sorry, we just asked for a space to let people talk about what they're good at, what they're passionate about, and right away you get to know people. And um, so it focuses on being collaborative and how do you work with all kinds of people with all kinds of backgrounds, and they're coming to the table with different emotional things and different spiritual things, but the focus is to do it together and to do it creatively. So kind of what has been set as an expectation is that everyone is valued and that everyone has kind of an opportunity to be a part of what we're doing as, as a project. So it really communicates to each person um, that they're needed and that they have something to offer, which in the shelter community is um, a very profound thing. And it does, it, it transforms people. And I've seen that mm-hmm. since the program has started. Um, one thing that always stands out, I feel like when we get the chance to connect with the arts program, you're often talking about um, this, this new uh, lesson that God is kind of showing you through the program. And when we were talking recently, you were talking about this lesson around community. Can you share uh, that experience from group? <clears throat> yeah, so I think it was um, a couple months ago, or maybe it was further. It's been, we've done a lot of projects Um, we actually had a photo that we enlarged and we broke it up into, I think it was nine um, or ten pieces. And then we scrambled them and we had all of um, the people that came out to the arts group that night just select a piece that for whatever reason they liked, but they had no kind of idea as to what the image was. And so then we had everyone sit kind of in their separate space. We put some like cool music on just so that they could focus on what they were doing. And um, we had them replicate the piece as best as they could onto another piece of paper that was exactly the same size in any medium that they wanted. So if they wanted to use pencil crayons or if they wanted to cut and paste or if they wanted to write words over and over and over again, you know, and close together so you had gradients and all that kind of thing. Um, We just let them do that. And then it was really cool because, you know, we're doing something really simple, but I would walk walk around and sit with, individuals and one in particular I could hear that they were just frustrated and a lot of what I come against is people think that they're not an artist so they're like I can't do it and they shut down and God just kind of gives me boldness to say that's not true um you know let's let's work on on this let's focus on what what is good in this you know and uh they're like I just can't do it and it looks ridiculous, and I, I just, I'm, I can't really draw, and I'm like, you need to trust the piece that you were given, and as I'm talking with this person and kind of encouraging them to kind of finish their piece and do their best, I'm like, this is what, you know, we, God has given each of us a piece, a perspective, um, a part in a bigger picture. I was like, as it's happening, it's like, this means so much, this is parallel and something so much bigger, and um, I saw myself in this individual, and those moments when I'm, when I'm discouraged about my peace. And um, it was amazing because at the end of it, as, and as a leader, like, I didn't really know if it was going to work. Like, we thought the concept, that, you know, that makes sense. It's like a puzzle. Just put it back together, right? But not everyone is as skilled maybe as others. So, 
and they were all different colors and different mediums, and we put it together, and we put on the wall, and everyone stood back and was like, wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so mesmerized by how people felt like it wasn't like my success. It was God facilitating through me something that we did together in real time. And as a leader, just you know, teaching me to be vulnerable and, and just to depend on God to lead through me has been probably the biggest thing that I've learned from that, that specific experience and kind of throughout the whole program. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that actually became part of our, our Easter service. It, it became the p- a picture of Jesus on the cross. It's just what a powerful, mm-hmm. a powerful image. Um, I think that that's just such an awesome uh, lesson for the community. When you think about uh, what specifically God has been teaching you uh, through your involvement, through uh, your service, what, how would you describe that? Hmm. Um, I think it's in trusting God, um, or it's trusting God to um, lead you in kind of discerning and looking at the little the little piece that he's given you to steward. So your time, your energy, your finances, um, your heart, like your mind, your everything that you've you have, um, you know, God has given you to steward. And and for me it felt like the arts program even it started really small. And um, God has added to it, added so much more than I expected. And um, I think Really, I mean, I'm, what I'm even studying in school is very much about, like, learning how to take care of people and learning even, like, um, biologically how to take care of people and, you know, medicine and, and all these kinds of things. But really, I feel like I've been taken care of by the community and just being in a relationship with them. And that's really all that really matters is relationship. And so not to complicate things and try and take care of them. And, you know, it's really just about honoring God and honoring relationship with others and everything else comes from that. So when I complicate things or when I get stressed out or when I am discouraged, it's because I've made it too complicated. And when I boil it down to just relationship and trust God that that is like the ultimate goal for what I'm doing, there's so much that comes from that. Mm-hmm. So much peace and so much um, direction and so much um, yeah, stability. And I just feel like God is steadying me that way mm-hmm. in all aspects of my life, but has taught me through um, serving that way. That's awesome. So this Thanksgiving Sunday, what are you, just even personally, what you've either learned through the group or just what God is doing in your life, what are you most thankful for? I'm just really thankful that God has given me an opportunity to see into people's hearts in a way that happens. Like you just get a glimpse and you're like, did that just happen? Did mm-hmm. they just say that? Like that is so profound. And I was here across the table listening to them, you know, and they've come from such, um, sometimes a long road of, of hardship and broken relationship, and then I've, God has allowed me to sit at the table with these people, and, and they have opened up to me and said, you know, but here I feel at peace, and I was like, that's, they're associating me and God in this space that God has taken, like, like a couple years, you know, to develop and say that this is a safe, peaceful space for someone who has experienced so much hardship like that is such a gift and I get to see that on a daily basis Mm -hmm. so when I get discouraged and say like you know we're finger painting you know what why would a grown man want to finger paint (laughs) and I'm feeling insecure because the world will look at it and say like well you know it's childish and then someone will say 
but this is perfect, what I'm doing right now, from what I've come from. And I'm like, oh, there you go. That's my, <laughs> my measurement of a success is not of the world, it's of God, and then nothing can really yeah. take away from that. So it's great. Thank you so much. I think it's interesting, um, even just, I feel like in both of your stories so far, and Emily, a lot of what you experience in the group is, is people coming in with a certain set of expectations and then allowing those expectations to be, uh, to be exceeded. Um, often what God has planned is even beyond what we, what we can plan for ourselves, right? Um, I know even for, for your family, um, maybe what you expected, uh, your involvement with, uh, with our anchor cause in Vineland, what you expected your summer to look like has, has maybe been a little bit different. Um, I know you had a busy summer. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were doing this summer? Um, we're from the Vineland location, and um, we be, um, Tim Arnold had um, put out there about um, being more involved with the migrant workers in our area. And um, so the one Sunday we had the opportunity of meeting a few of the uh, workers that came with him to church. And we spoke with them, introduced ourselves, and um, that night they were having a cricket match for the migrant workers in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And these guys wanted to go but didn't have a ride. So Tim had said, if you guys are available, would you be willing to drive them? So um, we said, yeah, sure. So we went to Niagara Lake with them, and there's all kinds of other farms there, and um, they had food and games. And, um, yeah, so from that point on, it's just kind of been, we were waiting, actually, a farm on Culp Road um, that we are going to become friends with. And um, they were coming in later, and not for a few more weeks yet. So Tim said, hey, this farm doesn't have... Um, anyone there right if you're interested you know no pressure but if you'd like to so we said yeah you know what let's let's go for it yeah. and uh, yeah so that's where it all began yeah and the way that I understand it that actually has become some just a series of very significant relationships for you guys which is just so awesome I mean you're up here as a family uh, what has this experience meant for you uh, as a family well first of all we were when we first went into it, we thought this, we almost were rehearsing, kind of like the feeling we had when we came tonight. <laughs> you feel like you have to ask the right, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to ask them how work was, and we're going to talk about the weather. And, and it became apparent pretty quickly that these guys were great guys, and it, it didn't take too long that, that we were friends, that uh, we didn't need to rehearse, that we could just ourselves because uh, they were going to be them their selves and uh, you know they're like brothers to us and it, you know just it's not a charity yeah, that's what it kind of felt like when, when we're going into it it felt a little bit like it was going to be a charity but mm -hmm. it, they've done so much for us and and uh, you know we do things that friends true friends do mm -hmm. you know um, example like Curtis made dinner for us, and because I brag about how much I like hot chicken wings and all that, he, he tried to knock me over with some hot sauce that he made. And, um, and Miguel drives the farm truck down Victoria Avenue, and every time I see him, I drive on his side of the road and play chicken with him. <laughs> you know, just just fun things that we do. Bobby's taught us, you know, taught me how to play the the um, the game of cricket, the rules, awesome. th that type of thing. Uh, laugh together, cry together. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, for me personally, like when my parents would first ask me to actually see if I wanted to go with them to the mm -hmm. farm, it'd be like, okay, I guess I can take time my schedule, go and visit them. And so it was more like a chore at the beginning because mm -hmm. you don't really, you haven't made any connections with them yet. But then after a while, it was like, I, they asked me, it's like, yeah, I want to go for mm -hmm. sure. And so like, we just do a bunch of stuff together. Like we'll play games together. They, uh, Amigo and Bobby, a bunch of them actually come over and shop with me online. We find all the deals, <laughs> save a lot of money. So I always enjoy myself with them and they're like brothers to me. I don't have to try to have fun with them. Like it just yeah. happens naturally. So yeah. it's, it's a good awesome. time. It's, it's a good awesome. Time. Um, I know that, that when we've chatted, you've, you've talked about how some actually come to church with you. This has actually um, kind of gone outside of just having someone over or visiting at their home and having dinner together, but it's, it's become part of your church experience as well. How would you say this has changed even the way that you view the church? Um, yeah, like Southridge has been, been great for us. Um, the I was raised in a in a community a church that it was always a sheltered type of life um, outreach to community wasn't always something that was done and um, you know God was working hard by having us to to meet them it, it's it was just a, it's an, an awesome experience to get to know these guys and you know they just they're, they're sincere, and like them coming to church with us, like of Bobby, for instance, mm -hmm. he always ends every sentence with, please God. <laughs> you know, I, I, you guys coming to, to see us next week, please God. <laughs> you know, and it's just um, the community feeling that, that, we, that we've never experienced before. It's amazing how through these migrant workers we're able to, to, to experience it with, yeah. with these guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I know that this can be a little bit of a, of a daunting experience, and so I just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for even having the courage to share your story and allow, um, even allow the work that God is doing in you individually, personally, as a family, um, and through you in our community, uh, and to share those stories to allow them to be something that encourages and inspires our church family. I just really appreciate that. I mean, I have the privilege of hearing stories like this and so many others from throughout our community on a regular basis, whether that is um, someone sharing just that they're having a great time as they get to know some of our guys from the shelter through climbing um, or in more in-depth conversations when someone is sharing uh, vulnerable, vulnerably um, just how they're experiencing God in new and fresh ways uh, as they explore more and more of what God's heart is as he loves them and loves the people who are closest to God's heart. And um, I mean, the theme in all of those is recognizing that there is so much that happens in us as we choose to allow our lives to be blessings to others. In, I remember in the early days of the shelter, we actually uh, were trying to find this phrase that would capture um, kind of in, in just a couple of words, what this reciprocal kind of blessing relationship actually is. And of course, with our staff team, this became a bit of a contest. I believe there were probably prizes on the line. And, um, and, the, and I don't even know who won, but the phrase that has continued to stick in my mind is transformational surprise party. So 
judgment on maybe how corny or silly that is aside, um, I think that that captures really well uh, what, is, what we're actually talking about and what happens. I mean, we've heard from all of you, and I think it's consistent to say, I mean, there's been transformation, whether that's um, just in, in our hearts, in the way that we value and see people, in the way that we understand God and his active role in our lives. Um, I mean, surprise. We've talked a couple of times, even just in the last couple of stories, about how our expectations, what we thought was coming, um, has just been different from from the way that God has exceeded those expectations. And, I mean, hearing about the friendships, the deep friendships that you have with some of the workers, hearing about how fun the program is, and, and just the depth of relationships, and, and just the ways that you can laugh together with the guys that you know, um, there's a lot of joy in that. I think, I mean, getting to know more of your stories as you've been sharing, um, I mean, you would definitely be people who, who characterize that joy that can come from service. Um, and I can't help but think that that is so much um, more of the heart of what, what we're actually talking about. I mean, we were introduced as a church community to the story of the Good Samaritan uh, last Sunday, and we will continue to be kind of referencing that story throughout Hope Lives. And I think that, that one thing that we have to make sure stays in the front of our minds is just recognizing that the parable of the Good Samaritan is, is in response to a question, but not necessarily to the immediate question that we think is being responded to. The immediate question is, is who is my neighbor? But the reason that that question is being asked is that Jesus has asked that, the original question of what must I do to experience, to inherit eternal life? He's asking, what do I have to do to experience this full and abundant life, this life of promise and purpose, this life that you have intended for me to live? And when we look at Jesus' answer to that question, we recognize that it's living this life of a good Samaritan, living this life where we put ourselves out there to be a blessing to others so that we can experience the reciprocal benefit of what God wants us to experience, the life that he wants us to live. And that's what we're celebrating this morning. It's not about the obligation or the burden or the sacrifice of serving, but it's about celebrating the new measure of God's grace and love that he extends to us and the blessing that we experience in our lives as we choose to be a blessing to others and to serve joyfully. That's what we celebrate, your stories, the countless other stories that are in our community. And it's for these reasons and so many more that we are just over, overwhelmed with gratitude to God this Thanksgiving Sunday. On that note, we're, we're going to pray, and then the band is just going to launch us into some more celebration of that. God, thank you. Um, just such a fitting way to start, Lord. We thank you for, uh, for the way that you have, uh, you have called us to a life that is full and abundant. God, thank you that you are a God who is active and moving in our lives, God, that you, uh, that you want us to experience life that's so far beyond what we, what we want for ourselves, and God, that you have placed us in a community where we can do that together. Father, I pray that we would take the challenge of, of what it looks like to become a good Samaritan, uh, that we would take that to heart and, and really explore the ways that you're leading us to something new. And God, I pray that you would continue to, to anchor our heart in a love for you and in a gratitude for you and have that overflow in the relationships that we have, uh, in how we see people, and ultimately, God, that, that what we do would be honoring to you. In Jesus' name, amen.